Today my guest is Antonio Pedro. Antonio and I are today going to discuss aspects of local content policy in the extractives in the Africa region. Antonio is a mineral exploration geologist by training. He is presently the director of United Nations Economic Commission for Africa. He is a member of the International Resource Panel and he co-leads the Sustainable Development Solutions Network for Land Resources and Extractives. Among others, Antonio spearheaded the formulation of the Africa Mining Vision and introduced the concept of sustainable development license to operate. He also co-led the writing of the report on mineral resource governance in the 21st century. Antonio, welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you as my guest. Thank you. Thank you, Sheila, for this opportunity to speak to your podcast and uh, congratulations for the initiative. It's a pleasure. I, I thought that uh, given your senior position at the UN Economic Commission for Africa, that it would be interesting for us to talk about the regional dimension of uh, mineral resource development and get your insights into the general trends and the thinking by the leadership and the technocrats in the region. So one of the things uh, that uh, the former US uh, President Bill Clinton said about um, the challenges of his time was, is the economy stupid? When we think about local content, is it really that self-evident that local content is one of the major drivers and potential drivers of uh, economic benefits when it comes to mineral resources? Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, especially because, um, as you know, the extractive industry in most of our country uh, mm -hmm. constitutes uh, an enclave with little linkage with the local economy. So then the question becomes how, how to maximize those linkages. And one of the perhaps uh, easiest pathways to achieving that is through local content. But I think uh, it will be important uh, as we start our conversation to first say that there is no universal uh, agreement on what constitutes the local content. Uh, this, um, the definitions I mean, differ both in terms of uh, the, the scope, the beneficiaries, the context, the approach, and so on and so forth. And it, it covers uh, quite a lot of um, uh, areas uh, and, and approaches I mean, from uh, mandatory targets like, for example, the in the South African Mining Charter to voluntary uh, um, uh, arrangements, uh, uh, all of which is, is essentially meant to uh, increasing the share of uh, value or mineral wealth that is retained locally. Uh, and uh, one immediate opportunity to do that is through procurement. Uh, because as you know, in many of our, at least the large uh, extractive projects, procurement constitutes about 60% of the total uh, cost structure. Meaning that if you localize 60% uh, of procurement or a uh, 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 little bit of that uh, chunk of value, then you will certainly contribute to retaining uh, more uh, value local. So I prefer uh, an expanded uh, definition of local content, 
which uh, includes uh, first uh, the measures to apply and domesticate the procurement uh, value chain uh, by uh, encouraging uh, local companies uh, or large companies or investors to uh, procure their, their uh, services and, and goods locally. Um, the, the second dimension has to do with uh, ensure that uh, locals have uh, access to employment, so contributions to employment creation at all levels, including top management position. Uh, and then beyond procurement and employment, I also think that local content should incorporate uh, issues to do with the promotion of local beneficiation of mineral you know, resources, uh, value addition and resource-driven industrialization, utilizing those resources that we extract to promote local production and consumption. Uh, then the ownership uh, conversation that we see uh, in, for example, the South African Mining Charter, and this through listing of companies in local stock exchanges, again, uh, so that uh, individuals um, can buy shares and then through that, uh, you broaden the company's ownership base. This is important to um, allay fears that the extractive sector is an enclave that benefits, uh, um, that does not benefit locals. And then, of course, one important component is uh, how to utilize extractive industry to boost uh, local human capacity development uh, by training uh, locals. Uh, expanding their skills base and so on and so forth. Um, so this is um, why it is important, certain, to prioritize uh, local content. So overall, this is uh, local content is specific. Uh, so meaning that you really need to understand the local market dynamics, uh, profile your your your. Um, economy so that you understand the state of development of uh, your local uh, suppliers of goods and, 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 and products and so on and so forth. So it has to be um, context specific and of course needs to be prioritized. That's interesting. So uh, essentially what you're saying is uh you know, it, it, it's multidimensional. Let's talk about the procurement dimension of it, because I think for most people, that is what immediately resonates. So we have 53 member states uh, on the continent. How feasible do you think it is that each one of these countries can essentially reinvent itself and say uh, to mining companies or oil and gas producers, you must procure only with, uh, from within uh, the parameters of country X. How realistic is that and, and what does that do then to the uh, subject of regional integration? Well, as, as you know, with the, the adoption of the African continental free trade area, we are, um, the African Union and, uh, and ourselves here at United Nations Economic Commission for Africa, we are promoting the emergence of uh, regional value chains uh, because uh, that uh, makes business sense. It facilitates uh, the, uh, achieving greater economies of scale, um, improving 
uh, competitiveness of our economies and so on and so forth. So um, within uh, the efforts to implement the African continental free trade area, um, which now, I mean, the trade within the CFTA uh, protocol uh, is now planned for uh, 1st January 2021, uh, regions are now moving towards uh, establishing a collective list of uh, products and services that could be traded within that regime. Uh, and also, uh, another uh, important uh, effort now is to define uh, region-specific uh, rules of origin. So what is it that constitutes, uh, um, uh, let's say, are made in Central Africa or made in Southern Africa and so on and so forth. So it can be counterproductive, therefore, uh, for uh, national jurisdictions to try and um, uh, demand, as you've asked, that all the uh, goods uh, that um, mining uh, operators procure should, should be sourced uh, uh, locally. So, uh, and there is this uh, very interesting concept, um, which is uh, true uh, procurement, lo true local procurement and total procurement. So, I, I think within the context of uh, the African continental free trade area, uh, total procurement, I say, would be the route to, to go. Uh, namely, as long as the procurement is um, done within uh, those regional blocks, uh, then it could be uh, accepted. So we should not really uh, be very restricted because some of the uh, critics of the uh, local content policies at company level is that um, a very restrict uh, pursuit of local content policies can uh, introduce uh, inefficiencies and other externalities in the companies that can impact uh, negatively on the overall performance of those companies. Then uh, basically, um, impacting on, uh, on the, the production, on the operations, and so on and so forth, which would ultimately uh, now uh, lead to uh, less revenues and so on and so forth. So it's, it has to be uh, smartly uh, implemented, taking into consideration uh, the need to um, boost competitiveness, uh, improve efficiency, and, and provide uh, world-class uh, services to uh, mining companies and other operators. And for that to be achieved effectively, it's, it's better in some cases to try and work as a collective through regional blocks. That's interesting. So, so it sounds to me then, Antonio, that uh, in pursuit of these efficiencies across the board, we are starting to reckon with the importance of redefining the notion of locality that you know where the economies of scale debate dictate locality might be confined to a sovereign state or it might be confined to a regional development block would that be correct 
Yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, um, we have uh, uh, produced a very interesting uh, policy document, um, which title is Scaling Up Value Creation and Local Development in the Mining Sector in Ghana, uh, which is centered uh, in um, on local content, uh, in local procurement. And um, in um, one of its main chapters, uh, the argument is made about the importance of looking at this, not only within the context of Ghana, but in the context of the entire West Africa. And then uh, look at, at, at how to establish regional clusters, therefore, to be able to supply uh, the entire region uh, from Burkina Faso, Mali to, to, to Ghana, of course, Cote Nigeria, and so on and so forth. And then uh, create, creating, therefore, uh, uh, an ecosystem of, of producers and suppliers that can serve that large and expanded market. Uh, the, 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 the beauty of, of this approach is, as I said earlier, it can boost the business fundamentals. Uh, of, uh, of those that can invest uh, into building and improving the capabilities and the capacities of local suppliers. So it's, it's much, uh, um, it makes much more sense um, when uh, you want to uh, go up in the uh, ladder uh, as a supplier of goods and services, if you have a regionally, if you have a regional market. I mean, that's, uh, after all, the, the essence of the African continental free trade area is that by um, uh, reducing or eliminating tariffs by addressing the non-tariff barriers, then you will have access to unlimited market of 1.2 billion people now, and then, of course, later by 2050, 2.5 billion people. So that, that, that I mean, the, the scale of it makes some of these options much more uh, uh, um, Visible business life. Yeah. So, so uh, Phoenix argue that local content policies per se superficially redefine the competition and the competitive trade landscape by giving uh, sovereign states a heads up. But that while in the short term, they are an effective shot in the arm for these economies. But in effect, they are not sustainable if in themselves, they are only reliant on mineral oil and gas projects. What is your view on this uh, criticism of local content policies? Are they sustainable or not? Well, I mean, uh, in, in uh, the, the beginning of our conversation, as you would recall, I uh, opted for a broader definition of what local content is. And this is uh, because um, we uh, need to um, understand the entire uh, minerals uh, value chain uh, and uh, look at um, what it has generated as um, outcomes in the context of Africa. And, and uh, uh, one would say that the revenue streams alone uh, have not, um, unfortunately, with very few exceptions, contributed to promoting sustainable development overall. So 
uh, and uh, in many jurisdictions, uh, the excessive dependence on the export of uh, mineral commodities uh, have exposed these countries to booms and busts. Um, my office here in Central Africa is specialized on economic diversification uh, because many of the uh, economies here are oil-dependent export countries and, and they have gone through these cycles of booms and busts, the, the, the latest of, of which was the, 19, the 2014 one when oil prices were, were crushed. Uh, so that um, has um, created this macroeconomic instability that necessitated a structural adjustment program. So in response to that, we, uh, the, our office, uh, have been working with the government to say yes to, structure, to uh, the effort to try and restore uh, as a short-term measure macroeconomic, uh, macroeconomic stability, but more importantly, you need to address your, your structural problem. Invest in uh, building uh, economies which are resilient, diversified, and so on. So the extractive sector uh, needs to be diversified. So uh, by um, promoting the emergence of uh, small and medium enterprises uh, that can uh, supply goods and services to uh, this extractive sector, especially in the countries where uh, the extractive sector is significant, both in terms of, of contribution to GDP, exports, and so on, you are creating uh, um, um, a cluster of companies that can then uh, uh, transfer those skills, those services, those competence to other sectors of the economy. Um, I would, uh, since I made reference to oil exporting countries, uh, there is a very interesting <clears throat> analysis of the um, economy of Texas uh, uh, in the crisis of the 20, <clears throat> 2014 <clears throat> and the earlier crisis. And um, the earlier crisis, uh, the oil, oil crisis, um, the 80s and so on and so forth, have led to serious economic depression uh, in, the, in Texas. But the 2014 one was less severe because um, the economy was much more diversified. All of those uh, service providers, uh, the, the, that um, network of companies that provide goods and services to the oil industry have developed competencies beyond serving uh, a much larger uh, uh, sort of uh, environment uh, beyond the extractive sector. And that's, that capability, those capabilities have uh, ensured that Texas would uh, basically suffer much less in the 2014. So it is important to utilize the local content agenda, therefore, as a means to diversifying the economies, boosting the resilience and so on. But, um, uh, an effective local policy requires more than, than policies. It, it requires um, significant investments in building capacities, capabilities, and competitiveness, uh, which calls for uh, um, greater uh, coordination between different arms of, of government. It's not only the business of the Ministry of Mines uh, or Mineral Resources Development. It requires investments uh, from the um, ministers of education and skills development, all of this conversation about technical and vocational 
the education, the key vet, it requires improvements uh, on, on our trade policy. I mean, earlier we were talking about African continental free trade, regional blocks. So it is a wall of government uh, intervention uh, that, that, that uh, we are talking of here to make sure that, as you said, this does not become uh, a superficial uh, agenda, uh, which uh, in most cases, uh, it only uh, I mean, sits there in paper but because those capabilities that I was referring to include capabilities within governments with a view to providing the necessary, uh, provide the necessary environment that can uh, facilitate the emergence of this competitive small and medium enterprise uh, that can supply the, the industry and so on and so forth. So That's wonderful. Uh, there is a very interesting book uh, that I would recommend anyone to read is, is uh, the title is One Thing Leads to Another, Promoting Industrialization by Making the Most of the Commodity Boom in Sub-Saharan Africa. This is by Mike Morris, Raki Kampiski, and David Kaplan. That, uh, uh, among other things, uh, has examined, discussed this issue of local content in nine jurisdictions in Africa. And, and, and uh, it, it concludes basically by saying that it does not suffice to have these policies, uh, the visions and so on. When you have those policy and vision, then you need the institution so that is a, that can basically uh, implement those visions. Then you have uh, uh, you need uh, uh, laws and regulations, uh, and of course then uh, capacities and so on and so forth. So one thing leads to another. This is an important uh, uh, requirement uh, to to be able to to have effective local content for us. I think that is an interesting way to approach uh, the end of our conversation, which is essentially to recognize that uh, the logic and the rationale uh, for African governments, or any government for that matter, to leverage its natural resources is, is self-evident. What is less uh, self-evident is how to move from the policy space or the legal space to the implementation. And so I wonder, in your experience, what are the three most important critical success factors for governments that want to successfully implement local content policies? What would you recognize as being the difference between the theory and the practice in that respect? Um, first, I mean, it's important to recognize that um, local content is not only important for, for government and, and local communities, it's also important uh, for uh, companies. So, uh, uh, because, uh, of course, failure to do so uh, can, can um, erode your um, license to operate at the operational and project site levels. So uh, it is important from, uh, from the side of companies to um, incorporate the local content uh, agenda in their business models and, 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 uh, and then build and invest in it accordingly. So this is one, uh, let's say, a, a sideline, a sort of comment that I wanted to make. It is, it is in the business interest of companies 
to uh, mainstream local content in their business model. Now, for governments, uh, it is of course important to situate local content policy within the national, uh, broader national development agenda. That's why I, I made reference earlier that this is not the, the, the business of, of, uh, of the Minister of Mines uh, alone. Uh, and then the three important uh, um, areas of intervention uh, is, there are three. First, is about uh, capacities, improving capacities, this, uh, including the availability of uh, a pool of efficient and productive suppliers with a skilled workforce. But, um, many companies would say, well, I, I have absolutely no problem in, in, in procuring locally, uh, as long as your local suppliers can meet my, my, my standards, my requirements, and so on and so forth. And of course, that, that creates, puts you in a, in a sort of a, 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 a vicious uh, cycle. Uh, because uh, therefore, if you cannot have the capacity, you cannot meet their requirements, and then so they will continue to outsource most of these uh, services uh, and procure goods uh, outside of your borders. So cap capacities is important, and associated with that, as we discussed earlier, is capabilities. So uh, investing to, uh, in uh, boosting the capabilities of local businesses, so by uh, strengthening the, 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 the production, uh, improving the efficiency, and of course, uh, especially if you are looking at um, uh, gravitating away from the extractive industry, is utilizing your extractive industry as a basis to build competencies, uh, 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 which can then serve up, uh, other sectors of the industry outside of the, the mining industry. And uh, competitiveness is, is important. Here, our focus is about having a robust national suppliers development program uh, with the objective of increasing the, the number, uh, the, the, the depth, and the quality of local suppliers. So the, um, the document which I made reference uh, to uh, for Ghana, the, the scaling up value creation and local development in the mining sector in Ghana is centered in this national suppliers development program. This is a, 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 a multi-stakeholder uh, process which requires uh, engagement with uh, the, the, the mining companies uh, so that they provide uh, a very good um, indication of what are their needs, what are their issues, and so on and so forth. And of course, the governments and the, uh, and, the, and the local communities thought that initial mapping consultation is important so that we have a, a, a national suppliers development program uh, that, that reflects the levels of uh, expectation uh, and, and, and the capabilities. And that also defines the, the the, the, the pathways as it were in, uh, to to addressing to, to achieving those those expected goals. So this is this is the three things that I would certainly uh, um, uh, argue as being critical 
to uh, to uh, assure that local content policies succeed so capacities capabilities and competitiveness this supported by very uh, efficient uh, government machinery uh, strong processes of consultation and dialogue between all the stakeholders involved in the, in the mining value chain including companies uh, labor uh, local communities and, and of course uh, local business also uh, the small and medium groups the chambers of mind and so on and so forth so uh, uh, just to conclude uh, it's important to recognize that uh, the pursuit of local content policy uh, is emerged um, as a response to that structural problem that I mentioned earlier that um, in many jurisdictions, there is this perception that uh, the, the, the prevailing revenue-focused uh, model, uh, essentially capturing taxes and royalties, uh, has failed to meet the aspirational goals and to promote sustained development uh, in this mining jurisdiction. And that uh, because of that, uh, the social license to operate, or I mean, the much a higher instrument, the sustained development license to operate, which we at the International Resources Panel introduce, uh, will not be achieved. And so uh, all the parties concerned would therefore be at the mercy of that uh, um, grievances that can, can emerge as a result of that growing perception. So it is important that uh, the local content is prioritized uh, with a view to, among other things, to ensure that everyone, includes governments, uh, secure that social license to operate. That's wonderful. That's a nice way to, to, to finish off. Uh, I think your insights have been very uh, helpful. I particularly like the recognition uh, that there is no uh, single uh, size fits all and that countries have to balance between what is produced in country and what is regionalized, but also to recognize that um, the capacity to be able to meet whatever the manufacturing standards are, while at the same time breeding national industries is, is an important one. Uh, Antonio, we're going to have to leave it at that for now. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate your taking the time to speak with me. Your interview will be uploaded in shilapkama.com and live streamed. I'm sure that uh, many people will find it insightful. And I look forward to continuing our conversation again uh, in different circumstances. Thank you very much and my very best to you and your colleague Thank at UNECA. Thank you. Thank you, Sheila, for this opportunity. All it's the best best. with your initiative. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.